Ms. Wagner. Good morning. My name is Susan Wagner. I am the president of Equine Advocates, the national nonprofit equine protection organization I founded in 1996. I'd like to thank Senators Adabo and Martinez for holding this hearing and allowing me to address their respective committees about the cruel and unnecessary slaughter of racehorses and the need for more funding of equine protection organizations that rescue and care for them. In 2004, we moved our base of operations to Chatham, New York in Columbia County and established a 140-acre horse sanctuary currently home to 82 equines, including horses, ponies, donkeys, and mules. Just over 25% of our population is comprised of thoroughbreds and standard breds. Our sanctuary is accredited by the Thoroughbred Aftercare Alliance and the Global Federation of Animal Sanctuaries. What most of our sanctuary horses have in common is that they were rescued from slaughter or abusive situations. Some were abandoned. Most of the thoroughbreds here were either purchased out of kill pens, rescued by us in order to prevent them from ending up at low-end slaughter auctions, or seized by police during cruelty raids, where three badly injured thoroughbreds in one particular case were so emaciated that they had to remain in an equine hospital for 31 days. It was later reported in the New York Times that their owner, a former New York breeder, had been abusing and neglecting thoroughbreds for years. He eventually was convicted and served jail time. One of our thoroughbred mares was discarded simply because she could not get in foal again. A thoroughbred gelding who came to the sanctuary in 2011 had raced at Finger Lakes 51 times and then went on to the show circuit where he was passed from owner to owner until finally being discarded when he was 20. His second career did not protect him from falling through the cracks, and had we not rescued him at the time, he would have met a cruel and unspeakable fate. All of the standard breads we have saved over the years, except for just one, came from the Amish and Mennonites. We either bought them at slaughter auctions or purchased them privately from, from Amish and Mennonite farmers in order to prevent them from ending up at meat auctions like New Holland, Sugar Creek, Unadilla, and others. Most of them were in dire condition and in some cases had been very badly abused. As far as I'm concerned, selling a standard bread to Mennonites or the Amish is just a long route to the slaughterhouse. And yet, sadly, that is where most standard breads end up, except for the lucky ones who are rescued. Horse sanctuaries need much more industry funding and government support as well. The thoroughbreds and standardbreds we rescue are not candidates for retraining due to age and physical and or behavioral problems. As I previously mentioned, we have horses here at the sanctuary who have been retrained for second careers only to be thrown away when they outlived their usefulness and could no longer compete. Aftercare training programs are extremely important and must be supported, but so should horse sanctuaries. Most horses bred for racing never make it to the racetrack. An equally small number end their racing careers sound enough to be retrained, but many are not, which is why horse sanctuaries are so important. Jeff Gorell owns three racetracks, Vernon Downs and Tioga Downs in New York and the Meadowlands in New Jersey. He abhors horse slaughter and the use of performance-enhancing drugs. He does not permit them at his tracks. 
He is also a strong supporter of aftercare and has been vocal over the years about how to best raise money to save racehorses from slaughter and how to raise more funding in addition to the aftercare programs that already exist. Quote, this is what he said, ending horse slaughter should be one of the easiest problems to solve. Why wouldn't we allocate one or 2% of the money generated by thoroughbred and standardbred racing to solve these problems? I don't see why we can't go to the legislature with a request to do this so that no horse in this state ends up at the killers. When I founded Equine Advocates more than 23 years ago, it was because of one main reason, to end horse slaughter. Prior to that, I had worked in the racing industry, but it wasn't until I left racing that I found out that hundreds of thousands of equines were being slaughtered annually in horse slaughters in this country as well as being shipped live across our borders into Canada and Mexico for slaughter. At that time, in the 1980s and 90s, the slaughter industry was extremely secretive, and most people did not know it even existed. It was in 1994, when I rescued my first horse from slaughter, that I realized horse slaughter had become the garbage disposal for the horse industry. It gave irresponsible people a way to get rid of their inconvenient horses quickly and for a profit. Horse slaughter actually rewards these bad actors for their thoughtless and cruel behavior. To cold-hearted people like that, it's just a matter of out of sight, out of mind. According to numerous polls, horse slaughter is strongly opposed by the vast majority of Americans. It is also highly unethical. As horses are not bred for food, horse meat is contaminated and often toxic due to the drugs equines are regularly given including phenylbutazone, or bute for short, the most common drug administered to horses. According to Dr. Anne Marini, one of the authors of the 2010 landmark study on the effects of bute on humans who eat the meat of horses treated with this dr drug, she said, quote, bute causes bone marrow depression and a host of frightening diseases which are fatal in a vast majority of cases. The elderly are more susceptible than younger adults. The risks for developing bone marrow cancer and other life-threatening diseases are heightened because humans metabolize bute differently than equines." Close quote. Bute is just one of numerous drugs that come with the warning not intended for horses bred for human consumption. No horse is bred for human consumption. So why are we continuing to sell our horses for people in other countries to eat when we know their meat is dangerous and not fit for human or animal consumption for that matter? Because a federal ban on horse slaughter has not been passed, we have to rely on Congress to pass language every two years that defunds horse meat inspectors in our federal agriculture, agriculture spending bills in order to prevent horse slaughter from returning to the United States. Thankfully, in 2007, the last horse slaughterhouse operating in the United States closed its doors, and the number of equines slaughtered annu annually has, has dropped significantly since that time. But our horses are still being shipped live to suffer and die in Mexican and Canadian slaughterhouses. This has to stop. The fact is that slaughter encourages indiscriminate breeding and the large numbers of surplus horses being born every year pass a federal bill, thus removing the option of horse slaughter, and we will have a much better and healthier horse industry. The late great horseman John Hedinger was passionate about ending equine slaughter. In a great quote he gave me the year we honored him for all, for all his work and dedication, he said, 
I believe there is one catchphrase which is contributing to the confusion surrounding the present dialogue on horse slaughter. That phrase is unwanted horses. They wanted them when they bought them, didn't they? These individuals who justify casting a horse off like a piece of detritus at the end of his usefulness are doing a great disservice to the concept of personal responsibility. Enabling callous and irresponsible people to walk away from a problem, pocket a few hundred dollars and feel good about it is a disservice to our industry and the animal they profess to care about. In this, they are helped by the enablers who refer to processing rather than slaughter and plants rather than slaughterhouse. I invite all of you here today to visit our horse sanctuary that is only a 30 minute drive from Albany. All of our rescued equines play very important roles here. Some are for each other as many horses need certain types of pasture mates to be with, especially in the cases of severely abused animals. Their bonds are often as strong as their dislikes and we are extremely cognizant of putting the right types of horses together so that they are happy and content where they are. We tell their stories to students and the public and through these rescued equines, we help to educate people about the special needs of horses, the responsibility in having an equine under one's care and about the sheer joy of being around horses, whether they can be ridden or not. We have a humane education center on the sanctuary grounds and provide students from schools in Chatham, Albany, Hillsdale, and the surrounding environs the opportunity to take classes at our center and then go outside on the property to meet and be around our rescued horses. Our goal is to instill a sense of responsibility in these young people, as well as help them develop an appreciation and love for horses so that they become so that as they become adults, they will continue to view them as the amazing creatures they truly are, never to be abused, neglected, or slaughtered. Ms. Hager, may I ask you to sum up, please? Pardon me? May I ask you to sum up, please? Oh. All of our programs that include rescue operations, sanctuary, and humane education require more funding in order to continue and grow. We try to make a difference in the lives of all the equines we rescue, and that includes the horses bred for racing. Since 2008, I wanted to just quote Dr. Patricia Hogan because in 2008 we, rest, we honored her and she said the following, as an equine veterinarian, there are grave welfare issues involved with the slaughter horse industry that made it impossible for me to object to what was happening to these, which made it impossible to what was happening to these horses. You cannot expect the public to embrace the horses that support the racing industry if, if it appears that the very people who race them care so little for their welfare. Since 2008, when Dr. Hogan made that statement, more money has been raised to support equine retirement programs. However, the funding is not nearly enough for what is needed to help the number of horses needing rescue and sanctuary. Progress to end horse slaughter has been slow. However, just last week, award-winning journalist and turf writer Jay Hovde wrote an article calling for the racing industry to throw its full support behind federal legislation that would ban the slaughter of America's horses. Thank you, Ms. Wagner. Thank you very much. I know that there's only 37 rescues and sanctuaries in New York State, and I think, you know, we, we Yours is probably the biggest one, isn't it? Or well, one we're one of them. We have 82 horses, of which 25% are thoroughbreds and standardbreds, but I absolutely believe from the bottom of my heart that we have to get rid of horse slaughter because that would stop indiscriminate breeding. Right now, there's no incentive to do that because any time of the day or night, people can send their horses to slaughter. 
and not have to take the responsibility of, say, finding a home or looking for a sanctuary or putting the horse down humanely. Humane euthanasia is not expensive, but when you send a horse to slaughter, you're getting $300 instead of spending $300. And I think if we got rid of the option of slaughter, you would see a lot more discriminant breeding, and I think that would help greatly. 